0: Yes, very good. Uh, Friends, uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, The good news that we proclaim today from our gospel reading is uh, that even in these stormy days of isolation, anxiety, and division, beloved, we have not been abandoned. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Himself is constantly present with us, connecting us with each other. And drawing us together into the life that he shares with the Father, a bond of love that holds everything together and cannot be uprooted, even in a global pandemic. Amen. Uh, On August 29th, 2005, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans, the whole coastline down there, uh, with sustained winds of 125 miles per hour, causing massive destruction. Uh, you may have heard of it. It was all over the news. <laughs> uh, it was a big deal. It was a massive storm. It was a monster uh, storm that hit uh, New Orleans. Uh, and because of such high winds, you would have thought that the live oaks on St. Charles Avenue would have been destroyed by the storm. There's a bunch of live oaks, many of them over 100 years old, on a historic St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. Uh, And they did indeed take a beating from the storm, but ultimately only, I heard this story this week, ultimately only uh, out of the 700 or so trees that line St. Charles Avenue, only four of them died because of Hurricane Katrina. And uh, the question was asked, what makes these live oaks so resilient? Uh, and there was a few reasons. that has to do with the way their trunks are shaped and their leaves uh, can can do different things when the when the when it gets windy. But uh, there's another reason that I read about this week um, that fascinated me. It has to do with their root system. Apparently, when you plant an oak, uh, first of all, there's a taproot that goes down really, really deep. Uh, this is what it spends most of its time doing initially. A taproot goes way down deep into the soil until it finds a consistent source of water. And as soon as it does that almost all the rest of the root growth then goes out horizontally. Um, Only about 18 inches under the soil, but it's invisible, it's underground, and these roots go out oftentimes way beyond the uh, diameter of the branches of the tree, above the ground. The roots go out underneath the ground, uh, spreading out horizontally, um, and if it's in proximity to another oak, it, it will intertwine its roots with the other oak roots. And so, ultimately, The oaks on St. Charles Avenue had created this underground network of roots that were all connected with each other, and so when Hurricane Katrina slammed into these oak trees, they were the the hurricane was not slamming into an individual oak tree; it was slamming into an entire community. And so these trees had a powerful, invisible connection with each other under the ground, and because of this, they're very difficult to uproot. They're very difficult. To kill. I want to suggest friends that we are 10 weeks into a storm, to use the metaphor of a storm, uh, that um, yeah this is a storm that uh, that's unlike anything that any of us have ever experienced. None of us have been through a global pandemic before and uh, you know we're very familiar by now with all of uh, the issues that are going on um, in, in this global pandemic where we feel isolated from each other We're experiencing loneliness, sadness, depression. We're anxious about getting this disease. We're anxious about spreading this disease, um, especially those who can't work from home and who are needing to be out uh, exposing themselves uh, more often than others. Uh, Confusion is everywhere. Nobody really knows what's going on. Um, Nobody really knows when this will end. Nobody really knows how it will end. Nobody knows how long it will last. Um, And it's difficult to know exactly how to be wise and exactly how to be loving. All of this is causing incredible stress. And there's also added to all of this, of course, a lot of anger and division. Um, There's the natural anger we feel towards people who don't seem to be behaving responsibly according to what we think uh, ought to be done. Um, But then there's all these conspiracy theories that are popping up everywhere, and it's causing dissension and vitriol and hatred and fear to be spread. And uh, I think added to all of this, um, the unique challenge of this time is something we've talked a lot about, but um, the normal ways that we as the church would have had to deal with these kinds of things have been disrupted. The normal things that we would have done, we can't do. And so it adds to our distress and it adds to the stress. It adds to the feeling that we're in a storm together. We can't gather in the same space for worship right now. We can't gather and share meals together in the ways that we used to for table groups. The normal ways that we would have connected with each other and with God have been ripped away from us like leaves ripped off of a live oak on St. Charles Street. But, friends, there's good news for us today, and that's this that even in this storm, beloved, we have not been abandoned. God is with us even now, connecting us with each other underground, so to speak, uh, drawing us together into the life that. Jesus shares with the Father, a bond of love that actually holds everything together and cannot be uprooted even in the midst of a global pandemic. This is the good news, friends, that Jesus shares with his disciples in our gospel passage today. Um, The context here, I think oftentimes we can think of uh, this passage as Jesus sharing a a calm sort of uh, meal with his disciples, kind of like a tea party. Jesus is saying some very profound things and all the disciples are drinking their tea and with their pinkies up and just thinking like, oh, yes, very good, very good, Jesus. We should write this down. This is lovely. Uh, Lovely things you're saying here. But that's not the context at all. The disciples are freaking out because Jesus has just told them, I'm leaving, (laughs) right? Like, from the disciples' perspective, wait wait a second. Like, we're not even halfway done with the stuff that we were supposed to be doing together. Uh, We're working with, how are we going to follow you if you're not here, Jesus? We're not ready to go out on our own. Uh, how are we supposed to work with you uh, for the for the coming kingdom if you're not going to be here? And so the disciples are freaking out because Jesus is talking about leaving. And that's the context in which Jesus speaks these words of comfort to his disciples. And he says, uh, Jesus promised to them is that something is going to happen because he leaves, that it's going to change the, change the world forever. It's gonna change the way the world works forever. And his promise is the same to us in the midst of our storm. And the the heart of the promise is verse 18, when Jesus says to his disciples, I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. How will that happen? This is verses 16 and 17, right before, where he says, I will ask the Father, I'm going away, I'm asking the Father, and he will send another advocate, another companion who will be with you forever the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Spirit, this is interesting, right? I'm going to send this other companion, and in so doing, I will come to you. And so he sends the Spirit, but actually this presence of the Spirit is the presence of Jesus in the midst of his disciples. Uh, He says, the Father will send the Spirit, and as the Spirit is with you, I will be with you. And when I come to you, he says, you will live because I live, and you will know that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. In other words, through the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends, Jesus is present with the disciples. He's saying, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving. I'm leaving, but I will be with you in a new way, and actually in a deeper, more important, more fundamental way, because as I come to you by the Holy Spirit, I'm not just going to be in the same room as you, but I'm actually going to share the very life that I have with my Father." with you. I'm opening this up. And through the Spirit, you will participate in the very life of God. And so it's going to be unfamiliar. You're going to have to learn how to interact with me, Jesus tells his disciples, but I will send the Spirit and you will find that you are connected to me. In fact, in a deeper way than you were before. I'm drawing you into the union I have with my Father. And this union is not just for individuals to have isolated experiences of God. This is the presence of Jesus among us, between us. The presence of Jesus is with a body, with each member of the community and between each member of the community. So Jesus is here among us through the Holy Spirit, not just inside me, inside my heart, but between me and you. He's among all of us. And so he's in our relationships, not just in our minds, not just in our inner world we encounter his presence as we operate together as the body of Christ. And so yes, we have to have that tap root, right, that goes down deep into the soil of God's presence, but we also have these horizontal roots that spread out and we intertwine with one another and this forms the life that we have together with each other and with God. And like I said earlier, part of that part this is why this pandemic has been so hard is that all the ways we normally pay attention to God at work among us have to do with being together physically. That's how we're used to paying attention. What's God doing? What's he up to? What's God saying to us as a community? How are we encountering him together? All the ways that we're used to doing that have to do with physical proximity. Just like the disciples, the way that they were used to following Jesus was by literally following him around, (laughs) listening to the words that were coming out of his mouth right? Asking him questions. He was in the room, and so there was this ability to kind of process with him. We have been disrupted just like the disciples were disrupted when Jesus ascended to the Father, Um, which is why this has been so difficult. But friends, we have good news today. We have a root system that actually hasn't been touched by this storm. Through the Holy Spirit, we are still under the ground, connected to each other, and to God, we're being held together invisibly, but very really, even now, just like the live oaks of New Orleans. Our passage from 1 Peter said that Christ suffered on the cross. Why? In order to bring you into the presence of God. This week, uh, we'll celebrate Ascension Day on Thursday. And this is ultimately what we celebrate on Ascension Day is that when Jesus went to the Father, uh, he took us with him, in a sense. When he came in his incarnation, he joined his flesh to ours, redeemed it, restored it. And then now he's taken our flesh in his body into the presence of God. He's taken it into the presence of the Father. And as he tells his disciples here, I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. And so friends, we are, the reality of the ascension is that we are connected really with one another. Underneath the ground, maybe it's, it's hard to perceive it but this is the realest reality of the universe. And the realest reality of our lives is that even in the midst of the isolation and the physical distance that we have to practice right now, we're still connected under the ground by the Holy Spirit. Beloved, we have not been left as, as orphans in this pandemic. God has not gone anywhere. The Father has sent the Holy Spirit to communicate to us the presence of Jesus, who draws us into the life of the Trinity a bond of love that holds everything together and cannot be uprooted, even by a global pandemic. So how do we respond to this today? Jesus bookends this brief passage by telling us how to stay connected to this promise. This is a promise. This is good news. This is real, whether we like it or not. But we can participate in this reality by doing what Jesus says here. And what he says at the beginning and the end of this passage is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. So there's this dual, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Earlier in the passage, what are Jesus' commandments? Earlier in this this discourse, Jesus shows us what his commandment is. He says, this is my commandment, love one another. And he he, uh, washes their feet. He takes the job of the lowest servant, the worst job of the lowest servant. And he says, this is how you are to love one another. This is my command." So if you love me, You'll show it by your love for one another. And this is how you participate in this promise that I have given to you. And so the beautiful irony here is that Jesus' commandment, he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. What's my commandment? Uh, Love each other (laughs) by loving me. Like that's, it's beautiful, isn't it? What's your commandment? Love. Okay, if you love me, make sure you obey my commandments. Oh, what's the commandment? Love. So if you love me, love one another. Like live in love. That's the commandment. Just, Just stay in love. Live in love. So it's a beautiful irony there. Um, and our participation then in the life of Jesus, that, that the life that Jesus shares, us up, w- shares with us will be similar to what he did for his disciples. It will be demonstrated. It will be embodied. It will be enacted. It won't just be a nice feeling that I get when, you know, when I'm alone with Jesus or when I hear a great sermon or something like that. So friends, we respond to this by loving one another in the ways that we can. Part of that is just gathering together on Zoom or ring central or whatever this is this morning, right? Like part part of it is like going through the, the, uh, the stress of like, ugh, I got to get on another zoom meeting. But part of what we're doing together is loving one another by being present to one another in this digital way. Yes, I know it's not perfect, but it's a way that we love one another and we're with one another. I was talking with Josie this week about, um, some of the ways that she's been staying connected. And she mentioned Marco Polo, which is this app that I've downloaded and trying to figure out how to use. I feel like an old guy when it comes to these apps. But, uh, but uh, I think Josie figured it out because she is saying that she's experiencing a lot of love from her friends that she connects with on Marco Polo, and they share their life with each other in the ways that they can. Um, and I also want to say that I, I experience um, uh, a deep connection with you all when I pray for you. And I want to commend that to us as well, that in prayer for one another, we're doing more than just I don't know, bringing each other to mind or causing us to have sentimental feelings about each other. There is real work that is done when we hold one another in the presence of God in prayer. When we name each other in prayer, we're strengthening that underground root system that that binds us together and keeps us rooted and grounded in love, even in a storm. And so I want to commend these things to you, friends. I know it's tiring. I know this is hard. Um, i've I've said I'm tired more in the last week probably than I ever have in my life i'm so tired <laughs> and i'm I'm confused I'm should I be tired probably but like is there you know what I mean like I get it this is so hard, this is so hard, but friends, let us continue to love one another in the ways that we can and so participate in this life that God shares with us, this underground root network that he has established and built let's let's tend to it because this is how. We survive this together. And, and we can learn how to thrive in the midst of this together. I know, believe me, I know the temptation to shrink into self-preservation, shrink into fault finding, shrink into angrily checking the news and you know, denouncing those who seem to have, you know, be clueless about what to do. Like I get that. Um, but that's not based in reality. The reality is that we are the church, and even in these stormy days of isolation. Anxiety and division, we've not been abandoned. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Himself is constantly present with us. He's connecting us with each other and drawing us together into the life that He shares with the Father. And this is a bond of love that holds everything together. And it cannot be uprooted, even by a global pandemic. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.